hey, you're listening to Chew on That, and here's what we're chewing on today. Well, I don't know about you, but I have loved this series. We've learned about so many truths. Pastor Becky taught us about faith. Pastor Allen taught us about worship. I've talked about generosity and confidence. Pastor Scott, he talked about joy, which if you know Pastor Scott, who better to talk about joy than him? Last week, Pastor DJ taught us about love, and it was so good. It's been so great. I've learned so much. In fact, I've loved this series so much that we've decided to add a few more weeks. And I actually talked to my kids, Isaiah, who's 17, and Aubrey, who's 16, and I asked them what truths they thought people wanted or needed to learn about. They gave me some really great ideas. So I wanna keep this series rolling today with one of the thoughts, one of the truths that they brought up in that conversation in a message that we're calling vulnerability versus suspicion. Hey, hi, my name is Scott Eastman. I'm the downtown pastor for Life Church here in Green Bay. And you're joining us for the Chewing That Podcast, where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon from the most current sermon series happening at Life Church. In this case, uh, we're in the last few weeks of time-tested truths. And uh, joining me today is my very good friend, Renee. Hi, say hi, Renee. Hello. It's so good to see you across from me. Good to I love see that. you. Renee's super nervous about today, and I don't know why she is, because she's so sweet, she's so smart, and she's so authentic. She's got no reason to be nervous at all. Renee, a lot of people probably don't know you as well as I know you. Maybe just tell us a little bit about you. Um, let's see. I'm a mom. You I'm a wife. A I'm a mom of one son. He's 25. Love him with all my heart. Um, work here in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I sell office supplies. That's awesome. <laughs> so your son's name is Reed. Yes. That's awesome. And what does Reed do? Reed actually sells copiers for another business in Green Bay. Gotcha. So it's kind of staying in the family. Kind of. Yeah, and, but we're competition. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> and you're married to my friend Lee. And so, and Lee's like, I don't know, the king of the road or all the roads in Ashwaubenon or something like that? Like, I don't know what his job is. Like, what's my friend Lee's job? Um, your friend Lee's job, he's the supervisor of the street department. Right. So he has a king wonderful team. Well, yeah. he has kings that right. assist him. So, huh. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. So you've been at Life Church for how long, do you think? 2016, I looked. Wow, five years. Yeah. Wow. How did you come to find Life Church? You. Uh, it was me. Yeah. That was a trick question. Yep. On your side gig of photography, you invited my husband um, I had met, met you at a prior church, yep. just real briefly. I'll never forget it because I had just gotten brand new glasses and you were like, hey, love the glasses. That's all you said to me. And I was like, oh, he talked to me. Oh, that's so ridiculous. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, we were invited by you um, at the last location of Life Church. And um, yeah, we've stuck ever since. I was baptized that year. Uh, so grateful for so many things from Life Church. I love that. Now, this wasn't the first introduction to like a Jesus kind of church. Like you had mentioned, we knew each other from a different church. Right. Has has church always been part of your life? It has. Kicking and screaming, pretty mm, much. Yeah. Grew up um, in the Catholic faith and would always go with my mom. My father never went with us. I can't even remember a time mm. um, because he said he had enough of that in his upbringing. I see. Being raised in a church environment. But anyway, um, so yeah, I was always brought, but now we go because we want to go. Yeah. It's our choice and we absolutely love it. Can't wait till Sunday. Yeah. I love that. That's so great. And yeah. you do other stuff. Like you've been involved in alpha here at life church and you've been doing a lot of stuff. And so I think that's fantastic. Although COVID really has like, I mean, it's like really shaken a lot of people's um, experience as far as church goes. Like there's just, you know, who knows which way is up and which way is the right thing to do. And it's just, 
it's all been crazy that way. Tell me about the things that you might miss, though. Like we, in the six months of COVID or the eight months of COVID where you had to stay away, like what were the pieces of your faith that you felt like you were missing? Well, most of my current friends that I love and adore and follow um, are all from Life Church. So there's a few of us that have continued to get together, but I miss, I miss serving. Um, I know for a while I helped you with Growth Track and Pastor Sonny. I was at the exchange. Um, I was in 252 toward right before COVID. Um, I love being involved. I miss, I really miss Alpha. Um, I miss hugs and I'm not a hugger. I just, there's so many friends here. When you walk in on a Sunday, it's like I almost can't say hello to enough people. So now when I come, because I'm one of those super cautious peoples, people, um, I come in a little late because I don't, I yeah. want to hug people, but I don't want them to be offended because I, yeah, I don't know how I feel yet. So it's great to be back in this building. Um, small groups were wonderful with the people that I love, but it's great to be back in the building and have that feeling. Let's back up just one second and let's talk about a little bit about your involvement and what did being involved at church add to your Jesus journey? Like, cause you talked about how you were raised taking, being taken, kicking and screaming, you know, to church. And then, um, in subsequent church life, you, you were just kind of an attender. So if it's what, what's different about being involved at church that you're attending, like, how does it change your faith walk? Um, it's changed it immensely with just being more open. Um, vulnerable per se, which is the topic today, right? But just being in an environment where I feel trusted and because of the education that I feel that I've gotten here from women's retreat and all the things that I've been involved in, um, my trust is better. Mm. So not feeling like somebody's going to talk about me when I walk out of a room or not worried about gossip or, and those are huge values for me now. So just a lot have changed and the friends that I've had have stuck like they're real friends and they're on this Jesus journey with me. Yeah. Um, and I love bringing people to church. You know, it's, it's something that I'm proud of before where I wouldn't have discussed before. And now I don't have any fear in that at all. Mm, I love that. I love yeah. that. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm excited to get started and talk about this stuff. So let's listen to that first soundbite right now. It's exhausting, not just for myself, but also for my wife, Pastor Sonny, because Pastor Sonny, she isn't naturally a skeptic. She's not a naturally suspicious person. Let me say it like this. She's a smile person, where I'm a scowl person. Meaning, when I meet new people, I'd more naturally lean toward a scowl. Like, hmm. Where she, she almost always leans toward a smile. Like, hi. She's naturally a faith person, a hope person, a glass half full person, especially when it comes to people. She typically sees more in people than other people see in that person, or quite honestly, more than that person sees in themselves, which is a really Christ-like quality because Jesus, he always sees more in us than other people do, or even than we see in ourselves. I wonder, when you meet people, Renee, do you find that yourself that you uh, assume the best of them or do you assume the worst of them? I used to always assume the worst. Um, and I figured that out through like journey to wholeness, um, just because of how I was raised. You were always waiting for something to happen. Um, but now I find myself more open mm. than I used to be, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I feel like 
We were talking about this uh, the other night, and I feel like I am always a trusting person. Like, I'm always assuming, much to my detriment. Like, I feel like even people that I shouldn't be trusting, like, I'm super trusting of. And I, I feel like that's, like Sean had mentioned, like, I feel like that's a Jesus thing to do. Like, I feel like that's a Jesus way to do it. But it, I don't always end up at a, I don't always land in a great place. But then neither did Jesus, right? I mean, <laughs> like, you know, he kept turning other cheeks and trusting people, and then, you know, we killed him for it. So, I mean, I've not been killed yet, so I guess that's good news. But I, like, even even people that, like, turns out to be not trustworthy, I feel like I want to say, and I'm never going to trust you again, but then, like, I do. You know what I mean? Like, I just come back and trust them again. Because we need to, because that's right. the Jesus thing, right? right. Turn that's your it. cheek, turn your cheek. Right. Absolutely. And so, like, I, I love that he I love that he was covering this, and I love that he talks about how Sonny is a, is a glass half full kind of girl. Um uh, because I feel like that's an important way that we should, like you said, the way that we should be going through life, that we should be trying to find the best in things that, that, cause he had talked about how she's a, she's a, she's a person of faith and a person of hope. And we've talked before about hope and how hope here doesn't mean like wishing something's going to happen. It's knowing something's going to happen. Right. And we have that hope um, because of who we are in Jesus and who Jesus is to us. So there's no reason to go around being uh, suspicious or being fearful, right? Right. Yep. Um, so, like in your day to day life, like I know, like it's been a it's been a journey for you. So, in in like as you go to places, right? Like you're always walking into places of business, whether it's people you know or new, you know, new businesses, right? New customers or new prospects, anyway. Like how does how does that how does being a person of faith or hope or trust or positivity like shape like your work life? That's a really great question because our company was purchased a couple of years ago and the environment was different than the company I'm in right now. And I feel like some of those people, like let's say if we're in customer service or something, I feel like salespeople get that bad connotation of mm, not yeah. being great people and pushing and pushing. And I don't think as though they treat the staff as well. And it takes a full circle to make that business run, right? Mm -hmm. So what I've learned as, as, as I went into that new business and felt a lot of pushback from some of the staff and me being new, also being afraid, um, then I was all crabby, like, this isn't great and blah, blah, blah. And my husband, bless his heart, he always checks me. And mm. he was like, hey, did you ever think maybe they're just used to being treated that way and they don't really know you yet? They don't know your heart. So why don't you try to kill them with kindness? And um, I can't say now that there's anybody that I'm afraid to call or ask a question I try to always be in kind with them, even if I'm frustrated. Like with COVID now, we don't see each other. I can take that out with myself when mm, I'm off of the yeah, phone. Yeah. But when I'm on with them, it's like, I don't know how their day started. I don't know if their family's healthy. I don't know what they're going through right now. But darn it, if I can be that one happy voice that they hear, that one squeaky voice of the day, then so be it. And I want to be that for them. Yeah, I love that. Because I, I feel like if, if we can always be a source of joy or a source of, uh, I wanted to say, like, of, of goodness or a good, you know, positivity. That's maybe the word I'm looking for. Like, I feel like even people, they, it's not like they'll go through the thought process. Oh, this is Renee calling. I like Renee because she's super positive. They just know that when they see your name on their phone or in their email, they just have a good feeling about you. And so when Jesus tells us to be that way in our lives with everybody, even the people that we don't like, or even the people who are enemies, or even the people that suppress us or oppress us or whatever, that if we were just 
kind to them or sweet to them or loving towards them, it would be hard for them to look at us with any other thing in their heart or in their mind or, you know, on the tip of their tongue that wasn't sweet back, Mm -hmm. you know? And so like, I feel like it's such a positive tool that we can use to be Jesus in our world. If we could just be more positive and just be more trusting and just be more assuming of the better instead of, of the negative, you know what I mean? Exactly. Because for them then, when they're so used to just hearing that all the time, yeah, if you can be that light, like we've learned at Life Church, suddenly they're going to go, well, what does she have that I don't have and I want that? Yeah. And I think that that could just change their day or change their mood for the rest of the day or even if even for a moment, what a blessing. Yeah. And so I want to be known for that. Yeah. I want to I want to have not, not just be my reputation, but Jesus's reputation. So like if, if they only know Christian people as being, you know, mean or sad or hypocritical or whatever, <laughs> and they're like, well, although there's that Scott guy, he's like one of the best Christian people I know, right? Like I want to, you know, not, not that that makes me look good, but I want to make Jesus look good. Yeah. I want to like normalize Jesus for people that he's not some kind of thing that makes people mean, you know? So anyway, I love that. So if I'm never vulnerable, If I live my life in such suspicion that I don't allow people in, sure, I'll avoid betrayal, but I'll also forfeit those good times and those good memories. So I'm learning that I need relationships, and to have those, I need to overcome suspicion and live with vulnerability. Yeah, relationships. I mean, that's, I, I mean, it's critical to what we do. I know there's a lot of people, maybe even you, if you're listening, where you feel like, yeah, I'm not a people person. I'm a me person and I can do just fine on my own. I just need me, my books and my cats and my coffee or something. I don't know why I assume that cat people are me book people readers. and not oh. be, <laughs> and book readers <laughs> and tea drinkers. I feel like if you have a cat, you like to read on the couch with and a cat. Knit. Yeah. And knit yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, but I feel like relationships are so critical to what we do, like so critical to who we are as people, whether we're talking about the Jesus way or not, like just having relationships uh, complete us. And certainly it complicates things like relationships complicate things. Like I have to think about, you know, if I want to do something, like what is the impact that's going to have on my wife? What's the impact that's going to have on my kids? Or what's the impact going to have on my friends? Right? Like I, I get so, that part, yeah. but like, but then I think of all the benefit that they bring me. I think of all the joy that my kids bring me or all the peace and the happiness and comfort that my wife brings me. Like I can't imagine doing life without that. And so I have to be trusting to make that happen. You know, it, even, even if, even if sometimes I'm suspicious, you know, like I feel like sometimes, you know, I'll be like, huh, I wonder what's going on with that. I wonder why my kids are doing this. Or I wonder why my wife's doing that. I wonder why my friend hasn't called me. And so we get all suspicious and we start writing this narrative in our head about why, you know, my kids are doing this or why my wife's doing that or why my friends are blah, blah, blah. And so many times it's not even real. It has it's nothing, not what's Not happening. even a thing. But right. we spend so much time on it that it becomes nothing but real. In fact, then we'll hold it against the people. We talk about this. Then we'll hold oh, yeah. it against the people, and they're like, I don't even understand why you're mad at me right now. And you're like, well, I made up this thing in my head. Exactly. That's why, you big jerk. <laughs> so it's just like waking up from a dream where like something happens with your spouse, and now you wake up mad at your spouse. And like you can't get over that mad at your spouse. And like, listen, I was just laying here. Yeah, I was right next to you the whole time. <laughs> it like, was what your did dream, <laughs> weirdo. You know, but I mean, like, I, I love this idea of that we have to have trust in order to have relationships because we can't do it without relationship. You know what I mean? And so, like, I wonder, when you think about how your relationships have grown or how your relationships have expanded, like, because 
you're like in your forties, right? And so like, <laughs> I love you right now. <laughs> <laughs> so like, how has that changed in your forties than it was like in your twenties? Like your, how you pursue relationships or how you manage relationships. I'm going to say my twenties and forties were probably the same because I wasn't very trustworthy. Right. Um, or you just, not trusting or trustworthy, not trusting. Got it. Sorry. Thank you. Um, I seriously, I keep going back to when I started at Life Church, how my relationships changed. And even like I said, my husband, Lee, will check me and you'll be like, okay, you're not the same. Have you seen blah, 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 blah. You really need to see your friends. You really need to set a date. You really need to, you know, we like to play a card game. We just have sodas and play a card game. And um, it's nice to get those people together, but I need those relationships. I can be real with those people. Um, so yeah, the whole relationship thing is huge. But in my end of my 40s to my 50s now, it's changed incredibly because I didn't trust people enough prior to this. Yeah, always skeptical. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, and I, I want to talk just a little bit about the other side of it. Like we, we need to have trust, but it can't be reckless trust. We still have to protect ourselves and protect our integrity and inte protect our, our spirit, right, and our hearts. Mm -hmm. And so on the other side of that is that you can be trusting, but still have boundaries. Like you can still say, here's the, you know, here's the end of this, you know, chain, or here's the end of this thing. This is as far as I'm going to go. Like, I'm going to trust you, but I'm only going to trust you to here because mm -hmm. I need to protect myself. Like, I feel like that's something that I'm learning in my 40s. Actually, I'm lying. Um, <laughs> in my 50s, where I feel like I have to set boundaries. Like, I always thought it was all or nothing. I'm an all or nothing guy. You know what I mean? And so that's just the way my head works. If this is broken, I'm going to fix it all the way. Or if this is a problem, I'm going to like completely, we're just going to abandon this whole thing altogether. And so sometimes we don't have to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Sometimes we just need to fix the bathwater. I think that's what that means. I don't think you fix the baby. No, no. Yeah, yeah. you just fix the bathwater. You water. don't throw the baby out with no, the bathwater. No, do not throw the baby out with means. the bathwater. No, <laughs> no. Although when I was a baby, my sister Lori, I can say this story because she doesn't listen to the podcast and I am carrying some, you know, grief Itch. about that. Like, okay. what the dickens? Why doesn't my family listen to my podcast? <laughs> anyway, my sister Lori, who's four years older than me, one time when I was a baby, although I wasn't in the bathwater, she totally just dropped me down the laundry chute at our house. And that's when laundry chutes are like, were like part of like the heating and venting ducts. Like it was just like another duct that just dropped into the basement. So she went downstairs, made sure there was a bunch of clothes in the clothes hamper, and then went back upstairs and grabbed me and dropped me down the, down. yeah. Well, at least she made sure there was some cushion at the bottom, right? I mean, I guess, I'm guessing she did that. I guess I'm just assuming that she made sure. Maybe she even make sure. you should probably assume that that's what happened. Mm. Anyway, yeah. my point was not babies in bathwaters or baby down laundry chutes, but my point was is that it's it's okay to have boundaries even even when we're trusting. We can we can say I'm going to trust you this far mm -hmm. until you prove that you can trust back or that you're like you had said trustworthy. You know what I mean? And so the more we grow in this together, I feel like the less barrier I'll have, or the longer my barrier will be, or the wider my barrier will be. So I think having barriers is okay. You don't have to say it's all or nothing. I mean, they're going to trust you with everything, or I'm not going to trust you with anything, and that's not a healthy space to be in either yeah they need to walk the walk right yeah. they need i you need to show me and then i can get to that next step yeah probably yeah. because i was guarded back for most of my life so yeah. And yeah. like what did you miss out on then because of that you know a what lot, I mean? yeah. a lot and i know that was part of the service it's like because i didn't open my heart or allow myself to go do things fun you know, I missed out on a lot. I missed out on a lot of adventures, a lot of journeys. I probably messed up with my son and allowing him to do things as he grew up as well. But as I've learned um, through one of the other podcasts, you and Pastor Becky do, like now that I know better, things will be different. 
but I can't be mad at myself for things I didn't know when I had my son when I was 25. Yeah. So um, just now, you know, just just being more, just putting myself more out there, I think, is just a great thing. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm finding in my 50s that life isn't as long as I thought it was going to be. And that I kept thinking that when I get to, like when I grow up, I'll make sure this is, I'm doing this part right. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that grown up is like now. Like, and it was 10 years ago. It was probably 30, 20 years ago, right? Like, probably, I feel like, yeah. you know, and so, like, if you keep waiting to grow up and, and fix these things in your life, if you're not trusting, if you're not pursuing life. You missed it all. Yeah, you're missing it. You're totally missing it. And so the same is true, I feel like, of our faith. Like, we feel like I'm, I'll address my faith thing, like, when I'm older. When I'm grown up, I'll take care of my faith thing. Right now, I'm just going to enjoy myself and blah, blah, blah. And, like... Faith isn't a matter of just like deciding for Jesus. And so that way, when you do die, you can go to heaven. So you're going to wait till the last possible second to know Jesus. I'm telling you that, that, um, my Jesus journey, my faith life has changed my life completely as it is here on earth. Like I'm living so much more fully now than I ever did before. And so it's not about the things that I can't do. It's about like how much fuller my life is and how much more pleasure I get out of my life. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's true of all these things that we're talking about that stop waiting to grow up, to start pursuing life because it's, it's waiting for you not to be um, so timid and not to be so scared and not to be so untrusting and not to be so out there. Like put yourself out there and, you know, try stuff, Right. you know, be full of joy, be full of joy. Gosh, darn it. And a lot of that unfaithfulness or lack of commitment, it has to do with suspicion. I mean, isn't it true that a lot of people are suspicious of God? Because of that, they say things like, if God loved me, then blank wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't have gotten a divorce. My kids would still be talking to me. I'd still have a job. I wouldn't have been diagnosed with this. My mom would still be alive. I wouldn't have caught the virus. We're suspicious of God, and so because of that, We ask things like this. Why is there so much evil in the world? Or why would a loving God allow bad things to happen to good people? Yeah, I think about, I think about this a lot. I feel like when I'm, because I mean, people know about my faith. Like I don't try to keep it secret or hidden at all. And so, but then there'll be people, there'll be people who will always challenge me on that. And a lot of the ways that Sean just talked about, why would a loving God let that happen? You know, and so, and it's a hard question to answer. Like it's, cause it's not going to make sense to you if you don't know God, like I wish you knew God. Sure. And so, you know, uh, just this last week I was talking about something about, what was it? I don't know. I feel like it was about, um, like what sin is sin and what sin isn't sin. And like, are sinners welcomed at church? And I know that there's certainly plenty of faith communities where, sinners might not feel welcome like where they might i feel like you know they could step in there without being struck dead you know by lightning or that the whole church would burn down it's a funny thing or a thing that people say that they think is funny but it's not really funny at all and god's not waiting to strike you dead or catch you in a sin you know i think about in the bible the one time that uh some of the church leaders uh brought someone to jesus who had been caught into sin and they were looking for him to screw it up to either like 
you know, pass judgment and punish her, which would have been against the Roman law, or to let her go free, which would have been against the Jewish law. And so they're just trying to trick him. And when Jesus had that opportunity, like when Jesus was right there and they brought this woman, right, and she'd been caught in the midst of doing some stuff, and like he didn't say, I'm going to strike you dead or this gonna, whole place is going to burn down, you sucker. Like it wasn't, like that's not how Jesus acted towards her. In fact, what he did is he he, he he doesn't even address her first. He like says to the dudes, like, hey, the first one of you all that haven't done something wrong, you guys can pick up a stone and you can throw the first one. And nobody right? could throw the nobody stone. Nobody could throw the stone, right? And so like, you know, I think about maybe faith communities or church places where you go where you feel like there'd be plenty of stones to be thrown if you walked in. Hey, find a different church community because that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, the, God, the after those all dudes all split, he says to the woman, hey, where are all the dudes? And then she's like, I guess they're all gone. And he said, listen, stop doing that. Like, you're so much better than this. You don't have to, in this case, you know, she was caught in an adultery. You don't have to sleep around like to find happiness. But the same thing is true of, of anything that we do. You don't have to eat a whole bag of Oreo cookies. You don't have to go out and get drunk. You don't have to buy every last thing on Amazon on to be happy like you don't have to keep doing this to be happy there's happiness to be found so stop doing this thing altogether and and find happiness in me mm-hmm. and he says that to us all the time like all the time but yet because we i don't know don't want to give jesus a chance or as sean said we don't trust god we don't trust like you know so we're like nope i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do what i know and i know that you know if i can go out and do a pub crawl this weekend, then I'm going to forget all about my crap, and everything's going to be great, and I'm going to laugh with my friends, and everything's going to be fine until you wake up the next day and you feel like junk, and like you still have the same crap. Your bank account's still empty. It might be more empty, right? right. You're, you still have crappy friends. You still have a crappy job. You still have a crappy relationship with your spouse or your, you know, whatever. And so, like, nothing changed other than you blew a bunch of dough, and who knows what happened. Like, and again, it's not just drunkenness, right? Like, that's just one thing. But the same thing is true if you sit down and eat a whole half gallon of butter pecan ice cream, right? Just half gallons aren't even really a half gallon anymore. Like they're just like they're a, just so small. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's I like, can eat that. Like three fifths of a half gallon. <laughs> I guess that would be another kind of fraction. But I'm not good at the maths. At but, the maths. Um, but anyway, so like we try to find happiness. We try to find satisfaction, or we try to find a salve. Is that what it's called? It's like when you put like a or an ointment, a salve. Yes, sure, yeah. a salve if you're a farmer. Right, maybe? a mm-hmm. salve. Yeah. Okay. Um, we try to put that on it, but it's like topical, right? It's like a, it's like a, it, 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 it addresses the symptoms, but doesn't address the problem. Right. It's so like it make, a bandaid, right? right? Right. Yeah. You just yeah. cover it up and you never get to the root of it. Right. Yeah. And so like in the things that happen in our lives, we have to start trusting God for that because it's not like he always makes the thing go away. Like I know there's things in my life, things that hurt, things that are pain, bad memories, um, traumas and you know, there's all kinds of that stuff in my past. And he, like, he doesn't brainwash me to forget that stuff, but he gives me, um, I guess going back to hope, he gives me some hope to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Right. And to, you know, and to deal with it, um, well, like not just deal with it, like by forgetting it or by getting retribution or by, you know, anything else that he helps me deal with it well and healthily. And that's what I need. You know, and like, who else is offering me that? I'm not getting that if I go to a pub crawl. I'm not getting that at the bottom of a half gallon container of butter pecan ice cream. I'm not getting that, you know, after I've checked checkout from Amazon or wherever else you're shopping for. Right. And I feel like if you open your eyes, like my, I don't have an alcohol addiction or anything, maybe more so a food lately, but shopping is my thing. Mm. And so I sat back months ago and I'm like. I don't know that that's true though. I don't think you're a big shopper. I'm totally just kidding. I've been to. Renee's house and saw her closet. Her closet, 
is one of the bedrooms. And so it's not a walk-in closet. It's a really small bedroom. It's a bedroom. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) sorry, I shouldn't have interrupted. Go ahead. No, so, you know, I'm like, why, how many clothes do I need? How many pieces of clothing do I need? I'd have to change clothes like 10 times a day and make it through a year. Like I could give this stuff away, but I'm filling something. Why? You know, so now it's like I pray more or I do a devotional more or, you know, just try to fill those things with Jesus. But the other thing is, too, I found that when you allow yourself to get away from that and look at what God is putting in your path, whether it be a friend at that particular time that needs you or maybe you need them, there's always all these signs or the Holy Spirit is with you, walking with you. You just have to sit back and just just be for a moment and just try to listen. You know, not that God has that voice that says, hey, Renee, you need to do this. But I think we know better. And if you open your eyes, it's there. You you can let some of that stuff go or you can get help. God puts those people in your life. Um, And that's really helped me a lot. Like I said, it might just be shopping, but that's money. You know, I could be using that money for something enjoyable that I haven't done for the last 52 years. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. I feel like we we like to accumulate, right? We like to somehow, I don't know if it's nesting. I don't know if it's like hungry hoarding. Hippos. Like it is definitely like hungry, hungry hippos, mm-hmm. right? Where if a marble makes me happy, then all the, all marbles, the marbles is going to make me super duper happy. And it turns out it doesn't. So I need to start taking your marbles because if you have marbles, that means those are marbles that I don't have. And so now I start resenting you because of the marbles you have. And so I'll be mean to you and take your marbles or punch you in the face and take <laughs> your marbles. I say punch you in the face a lot. But you probably never I've have never punched, ever anybody punched anybody in the face. in my whole life. Nor do you really want to. Yeah. But No. I feel like that would hurt your hand. Yeah. Yeah. It would hurt the other face. I bet Lee's punched somebody in the face. I don't know. I don't know if I should say if I know or not. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. He's a pretty calm guy. I know. But if I was in a fight, I would want Lee on my side. Yeah. I like him. Lee and our other fight, Doug. Like if I had the two of them, I'd say anything to anybody. Yeah. Right. If I had Lee and Doug behind me, I'm. I'm, But hopefully we'll never be in that situation, right? right? I don't even know why I'm talking that way. No. Like I feel like. That's a okay. stupid way to talk. But I feel like we're accumulators because <laughs> we want to surround ourselves with stuff. Somehow, I don't know if we feel like we won't see our crap if we're surrounded by stuff. And so whether that's a, a bedroom full of clothes or whether that's, you know, all the books in the world. I was, I just uh, recently um, created an office space for me at home. I had been using the loft and it was just, it was really hard with the kids at home and COVID and dogs and like yes. you just couldn't get peace, you know. And so I just moved into the space above our garage, like Fonzie. And so... Um, and so, but then I started putting all my books in there, you know, and I'm just, and I realized how many books I have and I've got a lot and how of how many have you read? I feel like I've, I feel like I've at least read a third of, of all of them. Well, a you third. I mean? Like I've got, I've gotten third. into all of them. Like okay. I've not finished them all, but I like having them because I'll remember something. I'm like, oh, that was in that one book and Pull I'll go out. get that. Yeah. Okay. And so, but then I think about when I surround myself with all these books, like what am I like? What? I, I don't, I don't know. I keep buying books. Like and I keep. And it's kind of clutter. Right. Like it, that yeah. has a feeling too. Yeah. You know? Although I don't feel cluttered. I just buy more shelves. It just makes it less cluttery. I feel more cluttered with clothes. Yeah. Recently. Yeah. Well, that's good. Maybe you're further ahead on your journey than I am. Maybe. That could be. I don't know. I don't know. That's probably not right. Love other people with all your heart. (laughs) And not just people who are lovable or people who love you. I mean, that's easy. That's low-hanging fruit. Love everybody. Always. Mean people, 
rude people, emotionally and spiritually ugly people, haters, critics, cheaters, manipulators, users, all people, everybody, always. Meaning don't wait for them to love you. I love that Sean quotes a title for one of my favorite authors, Bob Goff. So uh, everybody always is uh, is a title for one of his books that I love so much. And I, I love this because it's it's really quite clear in the Bible, like who we're supposed to love. And it is everybody always. In fact, Jesus talked, like he said, Jesus talked about how any fool could love the people that love them. Like that doesn't take any kind of stretch of yourself. It doesn't take any kind of me in you to make that happen. You can just do that on your own. You don't know. You don't need me around to love the people that love you. Love the people that don't like you. Love the people that hate you. Now, that's not to say that you've got to like send them flowers all the time or hang out at their house and wait for them to love you back. That's not, I don't think that's what it's saying, but you can't, the people that don't like you or the people that hate you, you can love them and still have boundaries with them, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to like go back to your ex, you know, and try to, I don't know, whatever. That's a whole nother podcast, I suppose. But um, but I just feel like we should be loving to other people. We should never be trying to tear people down. We should never be trying to recruit people to our side. Never. And that I feel like that happens a lot. Like when we are mad at someone and we feel justified or righteous in how we've been hurt, and even if we have been hurt, we feel like somehow it adds credibility to us or whatever validation to our hurt, if we could get other people to see how bad they were too. And like, I I don't feel like Jesus likes that at all. No, no. And I've learned that lesson in the last five years to not do that. I used to be the one to go out and recruit and recruit. And, and what, what do I gain from that? It, you're hurting the other person, you're bringing other people in and giving them a different perspective. That is your own non-reality, right? Yeah. So yeah, again, that's almost kind of like gossiping and pulling people in. It's it's witchcraft. It's just not a cool thing. Yeah, it is not a cool thing. And so, and and the other thing that he talked about was was loving people, not just that hurt you, the people that you know, I don't know, ugly people and mean people. And I used to have a sticker on my car that said "Mean people suck," and um, I thought that it was right because mean people do suck. But <laughs> but it, but that it indicated that I'm not going to be willing to love the mean people. You know, sometimes I'm a mean person. Sometimes I'm a mean girl, not a mean girl, but you know, like a mean girl, like from the movie. Sometimes I'm that way. Well, we're human, right? Right? Yeah. My kids call me out on it. My friend, Chris, he calls me out on it. Like sometimes if like I'm in a rush or I'm anxious about something and I'll stop uh, for a drive-thru, right? And the person at the drive-thru isn't kind or isn't sweet or isn't fun or isn't happy or, or ask me to repeat myself, like I lose all patience. Right, you're and like, you didn't hear me the first yeah, time? Did yeah, I? St- yeah. yeah, were you not expecting to take orders right now? It's a drive-thru window. <laughs> and so I like, I don't like that about me and I don't like my kids to see that in me. And so sometimes I'm a mean person and I need someone to love me even when I'm mean. And no one does that. Like, I feel like we all suck at that. Even Jesus people suck at that. Even people who feel like they've got a, a, you know, a reformed or revised or fresh take on who they are as Jesus people, even they still aren't really that great at it. I feel like, though, because we surround ourselves with Jesus people or we're choosing to now at this time, um, they have permission to give us that correction. Mm. And it's not like it's criticism. It's like said in love. Like I said, Lee will keep me in check. You'll keep me in check, you know, depending on the situation. And it's like, we have that comfort level knowing that we can, as long as you say it in kindness, you can take it that way. Mm -hmm. And what a better way to be checked than by your children. Yeah, I know years ago, 
my son was with me at a store and I don't know, I got snippy for some reason. We walked away and he said, mom, do you really think she deserved that? Mm. And if you want to be humbled in a moment, and now I'm probably over extra kind at a checkout, you know, do they want to be there all day standing on their feet? I'm just a passerby and those people are just scanning things and taking money. And, you know, we're, we're all human beings. We're all sons and daughters and some others, you know, it's just, yeah, you just have to be kind to everybody. Nobody is better than anybody else from the janitor to the checkout person to a pastor. I mean, we're all human. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I feel like we're all missing uh, and we've been missing it for a long time is this idea of compassion or empathy about trying to like say, I wonder what this person's going through. You alluded to it earlier. We have mm-hmm. no idea what that person dealt with just before I called them on the phone or just before I got to their checkout lane or just before I got to their teller window, right? Like right. I have no idea, right? Like what if they had a really crappy conversation with their spouse this morning, right? And so I know what I'm like if I have that kind of conversation. Like I'm garbage all day. Mm-hmm. Like you just don't even, just listen, just don't close even. Close the door. Yep, just don't <laughs> even come by me right now. But what if I had a job where I I had to be at work, right? And I have to be at a teller window, right? And then somebody comes up and I'm really, you know, I don't know, morose or I'm, you know, I don't know, uh, quiet or I'm, you know, reserved or whatever. And then that person lays into me for that. Like, I mean, oh my gosh. And so like, you just never know, this is all over the internet, but you never know what someone else is going through. So treat them in such a way that what if they're having like a really bad day? What would you say to someone if you knew that they were having a bad day? I just feel like you'd talk to them differently than if like, why do I have to repeat my order? I just said two cheeseburgers and a Diet Coke. Well, <laughs> a little that, compassion. Did that cost you so much to say that again, you big jerk? Right. I've been doing that a lot lately, getting just two cheeseburgers without pickles and then a Diet Coke. And then I just take the, I take all the things off the bun. Like I just go like squeeze the patty okay. the, to like gather up the ketchup and the mustard and the onions. And then I just eat that part and I just throw away the bun. And then I drink it with Diet Coke. And I do kind of the same thing in the morning if I have to go to McDonald's. Also for $3, oh I'll get a large Diet Coke and then I'll get uh, uh, order hash browns or just like a hash brown thing. And then a sausage McMuffin without the muffin. And then I'll break the hash brown in half and I'll make that like the sandwich part. And then like I have this like hash brown sausage and cheese sandwich. Maybe you just created something. You I probably know. shouldn't If have I were a rapper, I would get my own meal. Yeah. Right? If I were like... <laughs> Big Daddy E or something. I don't know. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, right. So I just feel like we should treat people like they were God, right? Like they were, like if 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 Jesus came down and you had a, and you had to like order your McDonald's from Jesus, like I feel like you'd just talk to him a little bit different than if you would if you know it were you know Jose on the other end of the thing or. Bonnie, you know what I mean? Like, I just right. feel like I would treat the, I would treat Jesus differently. Oh, hey, Jesus, how are you today? You look really great. I love your cloak or your tunic or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those sandals new? Like, I feel like I would do all these things. But, like, like why can't we just treat people that way? Mm-hmm. And the Bible talks about how we should treat everyone with hospitality and respect because we're always entertaining angels. Like, we're, we don't even know it, and we're, like, dealing with and entertaining angels and who should extend the whole hospitality and love and kindness of the Lord to everyone because we don't know when we're entertaining angels. And so what if Jose at the McDonald's on Webster, which is the most crabby McDonald's, I don't know why I keep talking about McDonald's today, but it's the crabbiest McDonald's in town, the North Webster McDonald's. Like, well, it's not even like, what can I get you? Order or, well, it's, it's I don't even it's know what they say. Robotic. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, hey, what's going on, buddy? 
hey, having a good night? Like, I don't, because I don't want to, I don't know. I don't want to make him mad. Like, I feel like people think I'm making fun of him. Anyway, my point, I don't know why I keep going to McDonald's. I think I'm hungry. I was going to say. I don't think I had lunch mm. today. And so, um, anyway, but we just got to treat people, we just got to treat people with kindness and respect. Of yourself, with all your heart. Do you do that? Do you love yourself? You should. And not just what you do, but who you are. Not just on the outside, but on the inside. The fact is that we're the last two jokers that should be talking about loving themselves. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like Number five. Yeah, that was a hard one for me. <laughs> I feel like both of us have this problem where, we're, like, for one reason or another, we both, uh, in our nature, don't think that we're worth very much. And so it makes more sense for me than it does for you because I think you're fantastic. And so... But that's not fair because I was going to say, but I could hype you up, yeah. right? Because I see it differently than you feel about yourself, right. right? And so what if we started listening to the people that would hype us up? You know, like what if we started believing people when they said it? I don't believe people. When people say, oh my gosh, you're so great. Oh, you're really good at this thing. You're a great photographer. You're a great pastor. I love how you speak. I love la la la. I love blah, 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 blah. I don't listen to any of it. Right? But it's not even just one person that says that to you. It's no. multiple people. So yeah. you should be listening to right. that. And I don't know why you're putting your finger at me. Keep those crooked old things to yourself because the same thing happens to you. <laughs> I said crooked old things because she's 50. Plus. But like, <laughs> yeah. But I feel like that's true, you know? But we should take people's word for us. Mm -hmm. We should take people's, you know, opinion of us for fact. If we at least give it as much credibility as we give to people who don't think much of us. You know what I mean? If people right. say the crappy things about us and we believe that way more than the people that say kind things about us, well then what? Again, I think it's from things that have triggered you in the past. And for me, it was, I didn't hear all of those things in the past, right? It was all the things maybe that I've done wrong. Um, and it came from more than one person. So that garbage stays in your head. So when people say that to you, you're like, yeah, I'm not worthy. Oh yeah. But boy, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. It's a pretty beautiful thing. Once I accepted God mm. um, in the last six years that now I'm like, I can be that person. I am that person. That person allowed me to help them where before I wouldn't have even asked if they needed help. So yeah, we do need to do better at that. Yeah. I feel like, you know, we, we need to take into account the fact that the people that might've told us stuff, like maybe they weren't the best judge, right? Like right. maybe they weren't in a great place. Like some, right now I'm dealing with a lot of stuff with my dad and like, he was a great dad. He wasn't a bad dad, you know, but some of the stuff that, that ended up getting like carved into the walls of my psyche, mm -hmm. you know, they're still there, those words. And who even knows where he was at when he said those words? Right. Hurt you know, people like, hurt people. Right. Right. You know what I mean? And like he was doing the best that he could. And if the best that he could was what he gave me, then I should just take that as the best and not what he gave me. You know what I mean? Like, I, like who even knows what his dad was like to him? You know? And like, you know, my dad was, you know, born in, I don't know, 1920 something or 1930 something. I don't even know. I should know, but I don't know. Maybe yeah, 1940 know something. That doesn't make any sense. 53 he got married. So maybe like 1930 something. Anyway. Like that's a different, that's a different era, right? Like they grew up as a different kind of like, so they saw dads that were supposed to do this, be a dad in a certain way. Like dads, they look completely different. I'm a completely different dad than my dad was. And maybe he was a completely different dad than his dad was. Like what if his dad was like a tyrant? You know what I mean? And look what if he was the softest dad he could be. And so I can't take his words and, and carve them into the walls of my life and say, these are the words that stand. These are the words that only mean anything. And then just like treat everything else that's been said to me afterwards as though they don't. 
I should I should look at the at the value of the of the word giver. I should look at who's saying these words over me. And so if it's someone that's like if it's my wife, right? If she says something kind to me, like she doesn't even have to say that. She doesn't have to be with me. She picked me, right? So she chose me. So the words that she says carry a certain weight. Whereas the opinion of someone on, on social media that says something crappy to me, like this, that person didn't choose me. Yeah. That person doesn't care about me. And who knows what kind of judge of character they are? And who knows what kind of day they had with their cats, right? Because I feel like anyone that says anything mean on social media probably has cats. cats. Yeah. So I'm just kidding. They're evil. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, I just, I, I don't know. Like, I just feel like we have to put, we can't, everyone's words don't have the equal weight. We can't weigh everyone's words for us the same. We can't weigh everyone's love or unlove or hate for us the same. Right. Right. Their despisement or the resentment towards us because they don't carry the same weight. How my wife feels about me or how you as my friend feel about me is different than how Joe Schmo on the internet feels about me. I have to stop hearing him in the same volume or at the same level that I listen to you. Right. You know, yep. and we all have to do that. And in fact, there's only one person's voice. There's only one person's opinion of me that really matters in the We're end. Only accountable to him. Right. That's it. You know what I mean? And he tells, tells me front and back in the Bible how much he loves me. Exactly. He's shown me from the beginning of my life until right now how much he loves me, you know? And, you know, that's that's got to carry all the weight. And so if you don't know that kind of weight or if you don't know what the thing says, I want to encourage you to... I don't know. Start getting plugged into people that do. Find people that love you and that love Jesus, and they can you can start talking about this stuff together. Because if you're just out there letting people rip into you or let people mistreat you, you know, yeah, you got to still trust them. Yeah, you got to stay in relationship. I mean, all these things that Sean said are true, but then you also need to like build your foundation. And that foundation that we're learning uh, is found on the love um, and good news of Jesus Christ and who we are in God. And so, surround yourself with people who feel the same way. You know, because then then you have the power to stand and you can listen to the cat owner on Facebook talk mean about you because you know the truth from your friends who love Jesus. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you can grow because that's why you chose those people to grow right. with each other. That's absolutely sure. true. That's absolutely true. Hey, this was good today. Did you have fun? You didn't look at your notes once. I had fun. Thank you. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you can come back again. Maybe. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> She's so hard, you guys. Anyway, thanks for joining us for this episode of Chew On That. I'm so glad you were able to join us. If you enjoyed these words or thought maybe someone could use uh, to hear some of the things that we talked about, please share that with them on Facebook or on Twitter or on TikTok. I don't even know how people share things these days, but please share them with other people. I'd love it if you would rate this podcast or um, write a review for the podcast on your favorite podcast channel, um, whether that's on Apple or Spotify or uh, any anything else. We'd love it if you would just uh, check back in with us and... Uh, Share some love that way. Tune in again next time as we talk about uh, the sermon series at Life Church of Green Bay. This has been Chew on That.